G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Well, you know that expression, as the darkness gets darker, the light gets lighter. And that's a challenging thing to think about because we can see how darkness may well be affecting so many dimensions of our society. But then we, on the other hand, say... How are we supposed to be responding as Christians and as a group of Christians called the Christian Church? How am I going to respond when things get even so tough that it seems like in my own power I'm not able to respond? Well, Bill Muhlenberg from Culture Watch has been writing about these very issues and the idea of the need for a radical Christianity to be able to withstand the challenges of the times to come. Bill Muhlenberg's back with us. Hi, Bill. Welcome back to 2020. Great to be back. Bill, I imagine that your motivation for writing an article like this, uh, calling for a more radicalised way of being Christian, uh, being righteous in a world that's not seeing righteousness as important, the motivation would be certainly that, you know, how are we going to stand if things get tough? Yeah, well, absolutely. Uh, We are called to encourage one another, exhort one another, build each other up in the faith, uh, you know, that's just normal Christianity, and uh, I try to do my bit in that regard on my website, sometimes these articles of a devotional or, uh, you know, sermonic nature just to stir up the troops. So, yeah, I, uh, this is one of my more recent attempts at this, and hopefully, uh, you know, it'll help us all to want to press on as the days do indeed become darker. I imagine that if you were doing some self-assessment, you might compare yourself to some of the great identities of Christian history and recognize just how far short we all might fall from some of those great identities. But I imagine that when you start to talk about what it is to have a radical, strong, robust Christianity, that compares us to what we might even say is a wishy-washy form of Christianity that we want to try and break out of in this day. Yeah, well, that's the overwhelming value of always trying to read a bit of church history or read Christian biographies, autobiographies, learn about the lives of the great saints, learn about the amazing things God has done through many of his people over the years, and then, well, often we can look around kind of compare things with our own church scene. Uh, often it is quite a contrast. We see a kind of a lukewarm and apathetic and ineffective church in so many quarters in the West, and yet when we see some of the great things God has done with others in the past, you think, Lord, uh, make it happen again. Bring us some of these bold, brave, courageous spirit-filled believers who can really uh, make a difference and even take on the enemy right at his gates. You have made reference to some good quotes, as often your articles do contain, uh, but one from Christian missionary C.T. Studd, who said, 
Some wish to live within the sound of a chapel bell. I wish to run a rescue mission within a yard of hell. Uh, does that illustrate the sort of thing you're saying about leaving wishy-washy behind and getting into the action? Yeah, well, exactly. Uh, that quote from C.T. Studd sprang to my mind instantly when I uh, just recently on the social media came upon an article talking about one American church uh, doing that very thing. Um, uh, I encourage your folks to read my piece and get all the details on this story, but it uh, seems uh, an American uh, evangelist challenged a church pastor in the state of Washington to really get out there and make a difference, and you know, especially on things like the sanctity of life. What are you doing on the abortion battles and really challenging this pastor to get out and try to make a difference, say, at a Planned Parenthood clinic nearby. Uh, Planned Parenthood, the biggest promoter uh, of abortion, certainly in America, if not worldwide. So as I was reading this article, I was just amazed. Evidently, this pastor took it to heart. He called his congregation, let's go out and have a worship service in front of this Planned Parenthood place thought maybe 20 would show up, almost 200 showed up, and so basically he's, uh, they're keeping it up. They're almost effectively starting a church just outside of this abortion mill, you know, praising God, doing spiritual warfare, putting their faith into real action. So that just got me so excited when I read that piece that I did my own, talking about uh, them and what they're doing, mentioning C.T. Studd and quoting some other great Christians who have also done some pretty radical stuff for the gospel over the centuries. Radical is an amazing word to use, and it's a challenging word because the touch of reality that you bring into a conversation like this then, Bill, is that here in Australia, in most of our states and territories, we have what are called bubble zone laws. Yeah. So if you wanted to plant a church on the steps of an abortion clinic in Australia, uh, you've got to break the law to do it. I wonder whether you've got any thoughts on uh, what you might need to do as a radical Christian if you know that there are things that are right and that you should stand for. Yeah, well, good point. Um, as you say, many... Uh Australian states now are passing these laws where have at least a 150-meter exclusion zone. You can't even get close, uh, certainly not even if you want to share uh, truths with the women walking in there, but even if you just want to quietly and peacefully pray outside of an abortion mill, yeah, you have to stand at least 150 meters away. So, uh, in fact, I know and maybe some of your listeners know of some of the, you know, we've had Christians who've, uh, well, because of their love for the unborn, who've uh, violated that law and were willing to face the consequences, were arrested, taken to court, tried, and various hearings were held and appeals. So, yeah, it's uh, there's been a few who've done that already, mind you. We have to ask what is our best strategy when doing things like fighting the uh, abortion uh, plague. Uh, you know, is there a place for violating laws at some point? Um, you know, it's another whole discussion. Sometimes there's a place for civil disobedience. Sometimes there can be a place for Christians to disobey certain laws if you're willing to take the consequences for doing that. 
So that might be the stuff of a conversation for another time, but the point is this church in Washington was doing pretty radical stuff anyways, regardless of whether uh, a bubble zone law was in place. And uh, it made me think of, you know, what the early Salvation Army folks did, William and Catherine Booth. They were just the same. They didn't keep themselves locked up in a little safe church somewhere. They went out to the streets. They went to the bars and the pubs. They went where the prostitutes were, where all the evil was, where alcoholism was rife. That was their uh, parish. The world was their parish, as they said, and they took the gospel right up to where it was needed. So just like this church in Washington was willing to get out of their comfort zone and really take the gospel to where it is most needed, uh, the booze did, and uh, maybe we can encourage Christians today to do the same, even here in Australia. A lot of churches would balk at the idea of doing something very radical, especially if there were going to be people within the congregation who were breaking the law, and some people will have to think Mm -hmm. through that issue very, very carefully. But if you've got a church that is saying, we won't go and do those things, even though we recognize they're right before God, there is a certain sense here in which a church could actually discourage uh, radical Christianity. We like to talk that word, uh, want to be a radical Christian, but uh, actually perhaps our churches would discourage us if we went to do that, Bill. Well, you're absolutely right. They would balk at it. They would discourage it. By the way, it always happens. Look at your church history again, the value of doing that. Uh, The booze. Salvation Army, they were constantly criticized for what they were doing. Uh, The Wesleys or Whitfield or Spurgeon or Finney or Moody, you know, think of any of the great evangelists or revivalists. They were all criticized heavily uh, by the comfortable, safe churches who didn't want to rock the boat, who thought they were being too hardcore, too radical, thought they would give the faith a bad name. Of course, in many ways, they were just reacting out of their own carnality and compromise. You know, they were just living the good, comfortable life. And here are some radical Christians really taking seriously the commands of Christ to take the gospel to the whole world. So, yeah, for whatever the motivation. So, as we say, even if there is no law-breaking going on, and that is a separate discussion, simply to have Christians go out into the world in places we don't normally hang around, perhaps, and try to be salt and light in those very needy places, uh, hey, I'm I'm all for it. Three cheers for those guys. I'd rather have those uh, sold-out followers of Christ than all those uh, armchair critics who sit back and complain and argue and say, oh, you're, you're being too controversial. So uh, give me a good radical Christian any day of the week. Uh, you mentioned the Salvation Army and William Booth and Catherine Booth, wonderful founders of a huge movement that has blanketed the world with good works. And I note here, Bill, that in your latest article, while we're talking about radical Christianity, Catherine Booth wrote a book. And she didn't call it just radical Christianity. She called it aggressive Christianity. I mean, for some people, that's going to rub up the wrong way. But (laughs) there is a certain sense here in which you need to have a certain character to be aggressively Christian. Yeah, well, that's it. We're not to be sitting back on the defensive. We can use a bit of proactive Christians. Go out there. Take the gospel. 
meet the forces of darkness head on, deal where the sin is the greatest, you know, deal with the pits of darkness, whether it's a uh, where alcoholism prevails or prostitution, that was their motto, the booze. We have to go to where the need is greatest. We have to go where the people are broken, chained, captive, and darkness. That's our calling. That's our mission, uh, much like Jesus and the disciples. So, um, uh, and again, as we say, they were criticized big time for doing that, but uh, I would think that's exactly the call of Christ on all true believers' lives to go and do the same. So whether it's a church in America surrounding an abortion mill and praising God and doing intercession, uh, the sky's the limit as to what we can do and how we can serve Christ. But the point is we need some radical, aggressive Christianity. We need some spirit-empowered Christians who will have some courage and some, uh, you know, conviction to go out and do something instead of just sitting back as a spineless jellyfish, whether in the pews or at home, and criticizing those Christians who are trying to do something. I note that you give a qualification when you say, if you're going to be a radical and even aggressive Christian, to be empowered by the Holy Spirit is the only way that it will make any difference in the lives of people. You can go in under your own steam, but mm-hmm. here is a place here that if you are planning to be radical and aggressive, reliance on the power of God, an important element in how you might approach that bill. Yeah, well, absolutely. I mean, it has to be that way. Uh, we can't go in our own strength. So, in fact, I did uh, at the beginning of my article, I I put it this way, only an on-fire, spirit-filled, and courageous church can rattle the gates of hell and make a lasting difference. And I went on to say, thankfully, there are some pockets of resistance in this dark world. There are some believers willing to go to the gates of hell to proclaim the gospel. Now, I would have thought all that is, you know, fully true and fully biblical and fully sensible. And yet already, interesting, I've already had people attacking me for that very paragraph. Had one guy said I was bashing the church by saying that. I'm still trying to figure out how in the world encouraging us to, you know, go in the power and the might of the Lord is bashing the church. He seemed to think I was, I don't know, maybe putting down other Christians or something. I'm still scratching my head. But uh, look, so there you go. Another example, when you urge the body of believers to stand strong, to be witnesses for Christ, to go out and make a difference, you even get criticism for asking that, for, you know, noting that, uh, as I just did. Uh, so if you do it, or even if you even talk about it, you're going to get your critics. Well, here's the scoop on that. Ignore the critics. Ignore the armchair critics. You know, they're probably sitting at home doing nothing for the kingdom, but they get their kicks out of uh, attacking those who are doing something. So, yeah, it's got to be God, got to be his spirit, got to be his leading. That goes without saying. But we need to ask God to burden our hearts to get us a passion for the lost, for the needy, for the broken world, and by God's grace, make a difference. Well, you've got a thick skin, Bill Muhlenberg. You can handle the criticism. And I must say, one of the things that makes it special talking to you each week is that you're not afraid to say things that are pointed, that will even get under the skin 
of some people who might be a little sensitive on issues like this. And even if everything you did say wasn't absolutely right for everyone, at least you've stimulated that discussion that says, what is my role and what am I to do as a Christian believer? How radical, how aggressive am I to be? I'll point people to your latest article, the one we're talking about today. It's called, Now That's the Christianity I'm Talking About. And you'll be able to read that when you go to BillMuhlenberg.com or you can Google Culture Watch, one word. Bill Muhlenberg, great getting your update again today. Thanks for being with us on 2020. Thanks for having me. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.